0: Hey what's going on guys welcome back to a brand new episode on the ball talk for episode 30 of Vispo from Gizmo on the show it's going to be a good one we're gonna jump straight into the first question we asked all our guests on the show how did you discover reselling
1: so basically I got into reselling like the beginning to mid 2018 Um, My friends from school, they uh, had like a little group. Like it was like a couple of them, like three or four people. And they would always resell together. And I thought it was kind of dumb at first because I didn't know about that. These like brands that they sold for so much. Like my brother, he would buy Supreme when he was in high school, which was like 2008. And um, I just thought it was like cool. But reselling, I never thought that these kinds of items would go for so much. And one day they had asked me for a couple hundred bucks to because they didn't have enough to buy like i think it was the witherspoons they were coming out and so i i was super skeptical about it but i gave it to them anyways uh they didn't end up copying but i got super interested and asked them more about it and after that i tried myself and i entered on sneakers that that week and i ended up hitting the off-white vapor max's raffle and i thought it was super easy so i was interested uh, right away because it was so easy but as I grew more into it it got uh, more tough learning about bots and proxies and stuff like that
0: yeah definitely I feel like when people first get into reselling and they always go for that typical let me just enter the Nike draw let me enter a couple of ruffles for a shoe and I feel like beginner's look is definitely one thing that is present within people getting into reselling for some weird reason like all my friends that go into reselling got a beginner's look and you kind of begin to underestimate how big the entire industry is and how hard it actually is as you slowly integrate into it because firstly you got against the reselling and then you have to discover the problem that is that there's bots that you need to integrate into that community. But that's the next thing I did want to talk about. How did you discover botting?
1: So I discovered botting when I joined my first cook group. It was an Instagram group uh one of the instagram pages the you know the reselling pages i followed they were advertising this group it was like 40 a month which was kind of crazy at the time because i didn't really have an income besides like i was working part-time at like fast food so it was a pretty big investment for me at the time and i saw these people hitting like tons and tons of pairs and one of the people was a mod and i asked him i'm like how'd you get so many pairs and he told me about these bots that he ran on shopify and supreme and I ended up buying my first bot from him, which was Trip. It was like 350 at the time. So that was a huge investment for me as well. And that's how I started uh, getting into botting. And I didn't have like beginner's luck like I had earlier with the raffles. Like I didn't know about proxies or servers or profile jigging. So I wasn't really hitting the drops. But uh, as uh, time went on, I started hitting a little more and picking up new tricks and uh, picking up new bots.
0: Yeah, definitely. Botting is all about experience. Like, I've made content about how to integrate yourself into the botting community and how you should go about it. Definitely, I feel like when you first drop your first £300 or £400 or dollars onto a bot, you kind of think to yourself, "Yo, this is a lot of money. If this doesn't pan out well, that's investment gone. I feel like for a typical consumer, that is a lot of money to put down. But I think botting has an element of seeing the long-term gain from investments and that's really really toned my mind. I feel like that must have helped you as well when you went into your business ventures as to toning your mind to the idea that you need to make investments in the now to make your future better but that is very good to hear. It's nice that you integrate yourself into it and also grew your skill and capabilities and that reflected on your success on drops. However I feel like it is very very important to talk to with every guest I talk to about the journey they took from being a manual user to bot how was that like
1: so like i said i first used trip on supreme and wasn't really having luck but i joined another cook group notify me which is uh, i became staff for that group and um started copying these bot restocks and i copped pd and cyber for retail and that's when i started taking it a lot more seriously because at the time uh, These bots, they just ate, dude. There was no bot protection, so to say, like now. So it was really easy to hit. And at that point, I saw that making money off reselling was way more profitable. So I quit my part-time job at fast food. And I started like doing a lot more research into different types of proxies, different servers, how to run. And I kept asking different people for advice because um, I had friends who were in the game. They're not really in it that much now. But they hit like tons and tons of pairs off DSM and KIF and they taught me a lot and um, jumping between being a, more of a manual user to now being like someone who bots I learned a lot of different things and I met a lot of new people.
0: Yeah definitely I feel like talking with people that have done botting before and have done reselling in general and picking up tips is definitely the best way to go about it because when you first start botting I feel like the ideology of just getting the bots and a couple of hacks and clicking start all, that is kind of the ideology a lot of new botters bring into the game and they expect to have lots of success. But there's a huge, huge amount of research that needs to go into it. Like you said, you went into proxy, servers, to be able to maximize the chance of getting success. And one thing you did talk about, you quit your part-time job, and it kind of works nicely for the next thing I want to talk about. What made you continue buying a reselling You talked about that there was exponential financial gain, within botting and reselling compared to a part-time job. But was that the only contributing factor or was there anything else?
1: So basically, it was a lot more profitable for me to just uh, continue to botting and flip these shoes for basically double retail than uh, working minimum wage at the part-time job I had. And not only was it uh, a lot more profitable, it was just more fun in general. I got to basically bot with all my my friends and I got to learn a lot new things from all these new people I met. And it was basically a win-win. So I got to learn a lot more and I got to make a lot of money on the side.
0: Yeah, I definitely do agree with your point of view there. I feel like people that use botting and reselling as a main source of income, like there's tons of people in this community, don't really realize the skill they have. Because if you go back to, okay, let's say you have a part-time job, you clock in at nine and you clock out at five or whatever the hours are. You literally do the task that is set there for you, there is no learning ability there, there is no progression, you're paid the exact same flat, flat rate, unless you're on commission then there is some element there, but with Boeing if you don't have the research, you don't have the knowledge and you're not up to par, and you don't put the timing, you're not going to make the money, and I feel like that's where a lot of people excel in this community, just because they have to put the time in and they have to adjust to make that money and create that success for themselves. That's why I feel like a lot of people thrive in this community, but it does link very nicely into something I do want to talk about. You're coming onto the bot talk to represent your company called Gizmo. Gizmo is a monitor solutions company. Also. There is a auto checkout tool that is one of your products of the company. So in order to develop all that, you have to be very good at coding. And that is one thing I did want to jump into. How did you discover coding in general?
1: So I discovered coding after I got into reselling. My parents always wanted me to do it as like a hobby, because I didn't really spend much of my time being productive. I mostly spent time playing like video games and such of that for my free time. But I got super interested into like learning how to code when I saw that there were being monitors and in my first cook group, and I was really curious to see how those worked. And that really sparked my interest, but that wasn't like making monitors wasn't my first endeavor into coding I, you would say but that's how i mostly discovered it and to this day there's still a lot to learn from it and i'm just st- still getting started since i'm still new to coding
0: see the reason why that interests me i feel like that would interest a lot of people listening to this episode is that we have a huge portion of people in this community that want to get into coding for a multitude of reasons but you did mention that you go into coding after you go into reselling meaning that in my opinion, I'd, I'd consider you a new coder, like you haven't been around for a very long time in terms of coding. And I feel like that would interest a lot of viewers that are listening just because a lot of them want to know how to get into it. What's the first languages you want to learn? And that is one thing I did want to talk about. What were some of the first languages you learned when you first got into coding?
1: So the first language I learned when I was started to code was Python. It's just a super easy language to pick up, although I don't really use it much now. It's a really good beginner's language. And uh, a lot of people come up to me and other developers. They ask them how they started to learn how to code, and everyone pretty much does the same thing. So usually, I go on YouTube and I look up like this like how to write the syntax of the code and Since there's not a lot of videos on how to like code specific things, especially things that's in the sneaker community, usually when you go online, you can find like answers to your questions. But it takes a lot of digging and reading up on things since there aren't really too many videos, like I said. So if there are people that are interested in uh, learning how to code, it's never too late. You could always just look up some tutorials online and you could pick up some uh, small projects because you want to get into something big. It's not always like worth your time to just start coding on oh I want to make a bot as my first project like that's not uh like that's not realistic you need to start small and take baby steps and so you can learn more
0: Yeah, personally, I have played around with the idea of coding in the past and I had to do a section of coding whilst I was in high school and that was the first language you really go through. Python is very easy to pick up a language. I feel like a lot of people jump into it. They don't necessarily use it now, like you said, but it's a very good language to ease yourself into the idea of coding quite heavily. However, when you first learned your first few languages, what were some of the first programs you ever made?
1: So the first program I really ever made was I made it with my friends. It was super simple. It was like a webhook sender, but it was more than that. It was I, I would copy all the embeds of the bot success. So right uh, during a release, I would send it to my webhook server with all my friends to troll them basically, and then show them that I got a ton of pairs when I didn't. But at the time, it was super funny, and that was just even though it was like something simple like that, like that was my first project, and it really like sparked my interest to make the things that I have made now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like making programs related to reselling and botting in general is a good way to go just because a lot of people in this community make loads of useful programs from being in the botting community. So I feel like focusing your coding endeavors within the botting community is definitely a good way to go. Now you said you go into the botting community before you started coding. How did you make the transition from being a regular person that goes for bot releases and being staff of a cook group to representing yourself as a programmer within the botting community?
1: So before I really got uh, established as like a programmer in the community, I ran a design server called Design Supply, where I was able to network uh, with a lot of different like group owners and bot owners and to get my name around the community. And uh, that's how I was more established. But i feel like i was more established as a programmer when i opened my company gizmo it had a lot of success in the beginning and i'm super blessed uh, to be able to say that and that's really what got it all started for me
0: yeah definitely i do like to see the transition of making a company and obviously you did try a few genres i personally did the same thing i was a bot support for quite a long time and then i made a transition to podcasting it doesn't come straight away. You have to take time to pivot through different things, feel like where you can contribute to competition in a given area and then find your place, which you did at Gizmo. However, when you first joined the community, what were some of the first brands you worked with and how was that like?
1: So when I first got into the community, I ended up being support and admin for this group called Notify Me. And they really got me started into the, the sneaker community mostly. They taught me a lot of things, how a group runs, how bots work and operate and that uh, led me to be support for trip which was the first bot i ever uh, purchased for resale and that's pretty much how i got started and then i tried uh, diverting into opening my own thing like a design supply and i also uh, worked for other groups like a uh, restock world
0: yeah I definitely feel like the first couple of roles that you do jump into within the community is necessary to teach you how the community works how to navigate it correctly and overall just craft you into a person that can go out into the community and build something from themselves, which is exactly what you did. I wanted to talk to you about Gizmo. What was the inspiration for creating Gizmo?
1: So at the time uh I was still designing. I was working for design supply and I was transitioning into college and I knew that I would have a lot less time to um work on these designs because I had a lot of clients to keep up with and I knew that I wouldn't be able to keep up with it. So I already had developed my Twitter monitor since December of 2018. And I had only like a handful of clients for like six months, but I thought this was the perfect opportunity to brand the the monitors itself and get it out to more groups because I thought that um, I could get a lot more passive income rather than doing a lot of work since I knew that I would have to be busy with school and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like it's the correct way to go about everything once you have that handful of clients scaling up is definitely a good way. However, Where did the name Gizmo come from?
1: So when I think about the name Gizmo, I think of like a gear and like settings type of icon. And it's like Gizmos and gadgets, that sort of thing. But where I got Gizmo from was I was playing this a game with my girlfriend that she showed me. And one of the cat's names was Gizmo and it like struck me right away. And I knew that I would use it for uh for something later. And it that was just a perfect opportunity for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Having a business name that's short, it's sweet, it rolls off the tongue nicely and also has an origin is definitely a nice thing to have. However, when anyone starts a business venture, they do have some preconceived notions going into it. They have some ideas that they think it's going to be like and they do tend to turn out to be completely wrong. What were some of those preconceived notions you had going into creating Gizmo?
1: Like I said before, um, I thought that creating Gizmo would helped me bring a lot more passive income because I would have a lot less time since I I thought that I just have to make the monitor once and then it just run and not do not need to do too much maintenance to it. But in fact, Gizmo takes up like a lot of my time and a lot of my day because I'd have to constantly update, especially um, towards the end of 2019, when a lot of these bots tried to combat these monitors and I'd have to push updates on the daily so I could uh, try to make uh, give my clients an advantage and stuff like that. So That was one of the most important things that I had realized after creating the company. But as time went on, I learned to manage my time a little bit better and it's gotten a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. When you're running a brand, in the beginning. Your time management is poor. But once you start to feel like what's the most efficient way of doing things, you begin to go into those, harvest set routine for yourself and overall become a more efficient business owner. And it does accelerate over time, like the tasks that take half an hour, an hour do get shorter over time because you're more efficient, you're more precise with it. And that overall makes your company better. However, what has been the advantages of running Gizmo so far?
1: So yeah, definitely one of the advantages is obviously me being able to work from home and having an income. Uh, I really like staying inside. I don't really go outside too much. So having this is just perfect, suited for me. And I've learned a lot of new skills and mostly related to coding. Through creating Gizmo, I've been able to work with a lot of new people, especially like all my clients. I have a lot more clients now that I open, so I get to interact with a lot more people. And I have met a lot of different sorts of developers throughout the lifespan of Gizmo, and they've been able to help me and um, basically uh, improve the skills that I have today.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like with the type of business you are running, it is important to meet people like an aid you and assist you to make your company better. And I'm very happy that you have met those people. However, on the flip side, what have been some of the disadvantages of running Gizmo so far?
1: So some of the disadvantages is definitely time. I have a lot less free time than I used to because I didn't really have a hobby before. Um, Also, sometimes when there's like a bunch of drops going on, I could get a little stressful because there's a lot of demands that I need to take care of and i need to make sure everything's running properly in order to pick up on time and make sure that everything goes smoothly basically and i need to make sure i can keep all my clients happy and i need to push updates and that sort of stuff
0: yeah definitely a lot of guests do talk about the disadvantages of running these companies but it links back to an idea i I'd like to talk about called the trade-off where you take some disadvantages for some advantages and that overall contributes to your whole brand. It is something to keep in mind obviously you can deal with that by bringing on employees and overall just making yourself less stressed but it is also good to mention that there is two sides to this coin so when consumers see one side you receive the other side as well so that is one thing to keep in mind when you're interacting with all these product owners and business owners. However How has Gizmo affected your personal life?
1: So in terms of my personal life, like I said, I don't have as much free time anymore, but I feel like that trade-off you were talking about is very worth it in my opinion. I've been able to help um, grow my skills, such for coding and time management. I've been able to meet a lot of new people and get into different communities. And it's been an overall really great experience and I'm super blessed to be able to do this as my job. And I couldn't be any more happier.
0: Well, I'm very, very glad to hear it, man. You definitely deserve You've brought a lot of hard work into your company. Everyone knows that. All the viewers know that. However, well, it links to my final question before we have our special event at the end of the episode. What's your plan for yourself and Gizmo going forward?
1: So in terms of Gizmo, I have a lot of updates, obviously, for my current clients on the monitors, of course. And in regards to Flow, I have something really big coming up next month that I haven't really talked about. But... I'm really excited to reveal it to all the users. I don't really advertise it on Twitter too much because I like keeping things just simple for the user, me and the user. I don't really exchange it outside of that. So, and also I have some other projects that are in the works with some bigger people in this community that I'm excited to reveal as well.
0: Well, I'm personally excited to see what you have coming to the table in the future. I'm sure a lot of the viewers are. However, for a special event like we advertised, we will be restocking Flow, which is a product from Gizmo. I'm gonna have Vispa go ahead and talk about what it is, explain what it is, and then we're going to cut to the restock part of the episode.
1: Yeah, so Flow is an extension that helps people cop manually on Shopify and Supreme, and it works on Stripe as well. And it's a pretty useful tool for all your manual uses, especially, for the different features it has, it can help boost you and give an advantage over just a regular manual user.
0: Yeah, I've personally used a user product and it's a very, very good product. That's why we wanted to bring you guys a since Essentially guys, there's a link on screen right now. When want you guys to open this on a device, have that ready and then after this scene, it's going to be a restart countdown. After the restart countdown, we're going to reveal the password for the website. You are going to enter the password into the site and then you go through the checkout process. Let's see who managed to get it. Thank you once again, Baseball, for coming on to the bot talk. It was a pleasure sitting down and talking to you. Good luck on the restart, guys.